Hi, everyone. This is Nate, and welcome to this week's bonus Trash Future episode. This week, I speak with Edie Miller, the owner of Lil Comrade and our resident t-shirt designer. Edie recently published a piece in The Outline about the absolute preponderance of British TERFs, that is, self-described feminists who are categorically anti-transgender. Why are there so many of them here in Britain? And why are they so hung up on bathrooms? All of this and more gets answered in this episode. So, thank you so much for subscribing, and I hope you enjoy. Okay, Edie, thank you so much for making time. And um, I just wanted to start off by asking the most basic question, which uh, you actually asked or your editor asked in the headline, why is British media so transphobic? Or as I see asked more more succinctly, why are there so many British TERFs? Yeah, yeah. So it's, so it's kind of like, um, it's a couple of separate questions. And um, the... You know this thing about how um, you write something and then they give you a headline and you're just like... Of course, yeah. You just have to kind of, kind of deal, with, deal it. with it. You just deal with it, yeah. T- what Brandy and I, Brandy Jensen, the editor at The Outline, were kind of talking about by email and what I really pitched was about TERFs, was about like this strand of British like so-called feminism. Um, and obviously, it's lots and lots of people um, have pointed out it's fundamentally suspect um, to even acknowledge them being feminists, like given some of the kind of contacts they have and some of the rhetoric that they spout, but that's certainly how like they understand themselves. Um, and, and then, yeah, the headline that got kind of whacked on there was like about British media, which, um, is totally, totally fine. Like I, I make a point in the article about, um, the, the use of the media to kind of, um, funnel, uh, a lot of these views into the mainstream um, and I try and make a point about um, where I think uh, it's very difficult to, to say where they came from in like a real kind of origin story sense but certainly like where they got incubated yeah and, um, and it seems like the and- discourse is just profoundly um, I don't know uh, harmonizing on this idea that it's okay to reject trans people entirely yeah absolutely like um there's a there's a continuum of it's been really it's been really enlightening um enlightening is probably the wrong word um it's been awful uh the last week um in terms of my mentions they've been like an absolute shit show um i've just blocked i've never blocked so many people in my entire life um and and you know for the record like i'm a i'm a cis woman and um I can't imagine for a second how bad this abuse must be. Like, if you are genuinely one of the people that they they come after, but they they also come after like um, cis feminists that um, uh, try and defend trans people a lot because they they understand us as like um, handmaids uh, and lots of lots of other kind of patronising pseudo literary terms that they have. Um, yeah, but my my. Um, experience of like having all of these people kind of eyeing me all the time and they're not really making any arguments but there is a continuum of like their views so for the first time today I actually had um somebody just uh, at me in this huge thread of like turf shit that's been going on for the last like week um where in their bio they explicitly said something like trans women aren't women 
uh, like wake up or whatever. And and that's kind of this. It's weird because there's a, there's this whole sort of spectrum of like how much people couch those views, and that is the kind of fundamental thread that really um, supports all of this kind of bathroom panic. Uh, these ideas about like um, trans, it's because it is always trans women, right? It is like fundamentally based in trans misogyny, um, unlike misogyny more broadly. Um, so about trans women um, infiltrating like changing rooms, yeah, of course, bathrooms, women, women's prisons. It it does boil down to trans women aren't women. There's just a sort of continuum on which people are willing to say that and I think on the one end you've got someone like Helen Lewis or um, I would say Sarah Ditton but Sarah Ditton's gone really pretty intense recently <laughs> um, she's always she's always she's always been like very very bad but um, and, and I think that that actually that's that's quite um, an important factor in like seeing how people are radicalized because if you have I suppose it's like um it's like any kind of centrism, right? It's, it's kind of a gateway for uh, more reactionary views. If you, you're in a position where you're willing to appease or you're willing to like hear both sides and um, have, a, have a robust debate. Yeah, if, if, you're, if you're willing to say like, okay, I accept the framing of this debate as one side says I have a right to exist and the other says, no, you have no right to exist. It's like to a leftist, someone would you see this and say, that's insane. That's fundamentally a skewed question. Whereas this idea yeah, that you could just have a have a lively debate within feminism on whether or not trans women are women, like that seems like it's set up to facilitate discrimination. Or at least Yeah, sure. Yeah. So so then um and and I think that the way it works in terms of rad- radicalization along along that level, that kind of line, is like you have like I said, you have various levels of how willing people are to admit the the stuff that is really horrible about what they believe. But you also get you also see this weird thing of like moving goalposts. So um, you'll get like uh, previously there, there was a kind of idea that um, self ID is bad um, because it's open to abuse, right? So any any um, cis man might say might decide. Um, he's going to say I am a woman like on Fridays like somebody actually did this tall prick Um, and that means that he can then cynically infiltrate what they understand as women's spaces Um, and then and then that is like a whole separate premise from actually trans women are men and we don't want them in like toilets with us because they have a penis. And there's this total obsession about genitals all the time. And it's really grim. Um, so, and it seems weird to me, like that there are these, obviously it's incoherent. Like we just look at it and say, that's incoherent, right? You, you, you think that one of these things are a threat or both of them, but they can't all be at the same time because it doesn't really, it doesn't really make any sense. It's like pe- people aren't, pretending to be um, a threat and also have, uh, sorry, pretending to be something else in order to threaten you and also have some kind of false consciousness where on a certain level you accept their identity, but you're like, oh yeah, but your identity fundamentally conflicts with my rights. Those are, those are different premises. 
And I guess what makes this interesting to me and and the reason why I wanted to bring this up because a significant number of, of our listeners are American and obviously, you know, I'm from the US, I'm not familiar with this as much, is that sure. that debate takes place in the United States, but it doesn't take place yeah. under the aegis of feminism. It takes place right, as yeah. a left versus right debate and the kind of people who would espouse these views, uh, the, particularly the women who would espouse these views, would very much be, in my opinion, Republicans and would probably have just as much of a negative reaction to the word feminism as they do to the word transgender. So, in yeah, a way, it's strange possibly. to see that here where these are people who self-identify as feminists, who declare themselves feminists, who, 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 who speak a lot about their feminism, but then also yeah. they are, I'm not going to say that they are parroting that rhetoric, but they are echoing that rhetoric of basically a wholesale rejection of, of trans people as valid. And they start drawing on the same kind of catastrophizing that you see the right wing doing, that as soon as you give any marginalized people any kind of rights, they believe that this is suddenly going to become, you know, gender terrorists are going to be roving the streets trying to abduct your children. Like, just, it's, it's insane, but they... Right, yeah. But, it, it, but, it, but that's the argument that winds up getting put forward. It is, it, yeah, it is just scaremongering. And, like, a lot, of, a lot of people have done a good job of kind of pointing out um, how similar this is to, like, 28, um, which... For um, American listeners, it's probably worth um, clarifying that a little bit. Section 28 was like um, a statute that um, was an issue um, during Margaret Thatcher's um, term as prime minister, um, where it was basically about whether or not it was legal to um, educate children um, in, uh, in the British school system about homosexuality. And, and obviously this was framed by the right, as being some kind of conversion camp thing. Indoctrination kind of thing, yeah. Of course, yeah. Like, yeah, schools are indoctrinating your kids, specifically yours, um, to be be gay. Um, And and that, like, quite rightly, is understood now as abhorrent scaremongering, and it was used to uh, demonize, like, whole generations of queer people um, and to as a as a basis for like discrimination that went far far beyond just the school system, right? And that's and that's kind of what I think is um, is one of the bigger factors in how this is reflected is that it seems like um, it's a kind of small social issue, and of course it's not for trans people because um, but that's how this works. It is is that it, um, it reflects how they're treated in the whole of society. Um, and then it's, but it's taken, it's kind of used as a hobby horse by these groups to reach out and to kind of discriminate on as many levels as possible. Like if you can, uh, if you can insinuate that people are a threat in like one sphere, then you'll have a much easier job um, taking away their rights in others. And it's it's strange to me the extent to which that that statement which makes sense in any context, even outside of of this discussion of trans people's rights, people could mm-hmm. understand that quite easily. And yet, for some reason, this the same almost word for word kind of scaremongering is used in the United Kingdom. Um, I mean, to be fair, is used in the United States quite a bit as well. There's there's been uh, a, a lot of 
Republican politicians at the state level in the United States were using this as mm-hmm. sort of a hobby horse for for getting elected. They were everything was about yeah. trans bathroom bills, for example. Um, but I mean, in a very naive way, I think a lot of Americans look at the UK's politics and assume, well, OK, if the Tories are basically like the Democratic Party, that they must be somewhat more enlightened on this and not realizing that it's it, the, the same debate, the same argument is taking place um, and the same we're weirdly kind of intense personal uh I, I guess stake that some of these people have that's still there it's just couched yeah. in different terms well i think that something that i only kind of realized while i was researching um this is like one easy ride the the british like nominally left like the kind of i keep doing air quotes which is ridiculous because i'm being recorded um, <laughs> can you can you just like assume that i'm doing air quotes for everything that sounds like it might be air quotes um the kind of nominally left, like this kind of turf faction, has done so much of the work for the Tories in in term in this like specific area and in a lot of like LGBT stuff um, in in Britain. Like one of the reasons that, um, like you said, this is a big issue for Republicans over there, and it just doesn't have to be here. It's because they don't have to fucking bother with it. It's like they've already got the whole of the media on so like Rod Little kind of gets rolled out by the Times occasionally and does like a genuinely extremely hateful article. But there's no real reason for the like conservative right in a in a more entrenched political sense here to do any of the kind of harder work of um discriminating via policy through um, in like against trans people here because there's that work is just being done for them. That culture war is being waged, and, and it seems like it's being waged pretty successfully as well, which is what, is what disturbs me the most. Um, it seems like people are really, really being radicalised on like a huge scale um, by by turf rhetoric and by the the kind of media. Uh, choosing to like wholesale buy that. So I mean, what's interesting to me too is seeing the extent to which it's not. Th- this isn't the the domain of a right wing politician or a centrist politician or even like um, objectively political figures. This is mm-hmm. British comedians. This is Stephen right, Fry yeah. and uh, what's his yeah, name? Um, yeah. um, the Lenehan. guy from Father Ted. I, his name is escaping me. Um, Graham Linehan. Graham Linehan. Like. An entire, which is which is particularly funny to me, and I realize this might be like niche American content, um, but particularly because Americans associate drag with British comedy to such an extent that the idea that oh, like really? yes, I, I mean absolutely because of Monty oh. Python and because I mean it's just more common as a as a as a punchline of a joke than as a trope, right? I mean, so for example. Uh, there, one of the best manifestations of this I can give you is um, the American show King of the Hill made a joke about this where uh, where Peggy Hill is trying to get Bobby to watch British comedy because she says it's more sophisticated. And he just says, why is that man wearing a dress? Like, because that's that's <laughs> right. the perception of it. Um, and so it's strange to me because on right. one hand you have uh, a, 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 a at least a certain more, I don't know, like ease with things like that in British comedy. And then you, or for yeah. example, in Monty Python, they would make, they would make, um, I want to say gay jokes, but they would have gay characters or gay situations, uh, or queer situations rather. Whereas in the early seventies in America, that could, you would just not have that on TV in any way besides the most utterly right, derogatory. Yeah. And so it's just interesting that then you then turn around and you, to, if you were just to go off of Graham Linehan's 
Twitter profile. He's insane. I mean, he might as well just join ISIS, yeah, but like, it's just yeah, on this yeah, one right. issue. He's like a hate figure. He's like a hate figure. So this is um, one of the weirdest, like the most surreal things that's um, happened a couple of days. I keep mentioning this thread, but that's just because every time I go on Twitter, I'm like, oh God, God there's more of you. And they're all called like Goody XX. You know, they develop this kind of disgusting, like, um, I really, really weird, like idea of themselves as, um, like persecuted in a, in a kind of witch hunt. Sorry. It was the goody thing. I mean, is that supposed to be making reference to the like goody this thing is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like good way. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. No, I know. So there, so there are all of these like really weird tropes that Terse have like decided to develop for themselves. Um, like ways that they understand themselves. And it's kind of like, it's quite, it's quite reminiscent of the alt-right, to be honest, like um, putting, putting a Pepe the Frog, like uh, avatar on your profile and then um, sticking deplorable in your, uh, yeah, based whatever or something in your name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like Kekistan or whatever the, like, like these are, these are kind of signifiers to make sure that other people in your community can see that basically the foreground, the, like the most important actor um, that you want to foreground in your kind of political identity is this weird thing that you're going to obsessively just tweet about all the time, right? Because that is what the case is for the alt-right and that is what the case is for these people as well. Like if you scroll down their feet, all of this, like all all of this kind of shit is what they retweet or like talk about all the time. Um and the and the parallels there are like pretty they're pretty obvious in a lot of ways. Um so uh there've been a few kind of exposures where people um have pointed out that British turfs take money from like fundamentalist Christian groups in um America and um just in terms of the thread that I was talking about in my mention, um I've now got Graham Linehan trying to persuade a turf that Jordan Peterson, like, isn't actually the kind of best thing in the world ever. Um, what? Which, yeah, <laughs> because, because, this, and it's like, well, you wouldn't find yourself in this position where you were having a denounced, like, alt-right figures if you didn't hold views that chimed so comfortably with Oh, right views. Like Well, it seems to not, me that it seems to me that really somebody obvious? gets mad about they get angry about some issue where they say something that's effectively classified as hate speech and they they refuse mm-hmm. to acknowledge that such a thing could be hate speech or such a thing could be prejudicial because they refuse mm-hmm. to acknowledge that the people you know they're discussing are um are worthy of any protection or either worthy of consideration. And then, yeah, yeah. and then, because people say p- people respond to that, you know, that denial more forcefully, because in a way, like they're they're more they're more put off by the belligerent denial than they are even by somebody making a mistake. If somebody says something, say something ignorant, they they say they apologize and then they 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 fix it or they just stop saying it. It's less of a big deal than if they turn around and make it part of their identity. And it's like of as soon and then yeah. as soon as this happens, this denunciation happens, they're like the left is decadent, identity politics is destroying the west. There are only two, two genders. If you deny this, then you're <laughs> you're a jihadi. And then all of a sudden it's like they get wrapped up in the same weird like they've been radicalized and then they sort of retroactively take on all of this insane sort of right-wing identity politics 
Yeah, absolutely. So the so the actual um, trajectory of this conversation was that um, Graham Linehan had denounced the entire discipline of gender studies, <laughs> 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 which I thought was quite funny. Like, um, yeah, just going two footed. Uh, he he said something. He called um, like a head of gender studies something a kind of high priest. Um, which also chimes back to what I was talking about in the article about skepticism, right? They're really keen on the idea that they can debunk this stuff um, by looking at it as if it's like a religion, right? Debunk kind of just straightforward respecting people's rights is somehow uh, functioning for them in in um, as if it were as if it were a religion. Um, so so he kind of he called this and uh, studies like a, a high priest of um, bullshit or, or something um, and then <laughs> then this turf replied to him and was like oh do you know he's good on this Jordan Peterson oh, and then you goodness. see you see then you see um, Linehan like trying to kind of almost trying to backtrack but but not really like going oh no I don't like him but yeah all of his ideas about this are correct but that's saying like trying to suggest that this is just a fluke um uh, and and um like making putting out reasons why it isn't bad um all of which are you know fairly low hanging fruit and pretty obvious but we don't end up like you and I in kind of like I would say most leftists don't end up in situations where they're having to tie themselves in knots to persuade somebody who's agreeing with them that like a kind of alt right hate figure isn't a good guy. <laughs> like it, you really have gone pretty far down the rabbit hole there. Well, so what's interesting to me is that you um you you made a link in your article about the UK skeptic movement. Um, uh-huh. And you specifically talked about, it, it, I'm quoting from your piece, where you said uh-huh. that a loose network of people who were far too impressed with themselves for not believing in astrology and homeopathy, and they have an outsized legacy. Um, yeah. And so to me, it's interesting because... I, you have you you point to this in your article, and I've noticed this in the sort of turf language that gets thrown mm. around quite a bit. That it's invariably anybody that believes that trans that 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 that, that transgender sexuality transgenderism exists. Anybody who believes mm. that trans people are not mentally ill, but actually are an expression of gender that they 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 are allowed yeah. to speak for their own gender. They're denying science, and thus they are no yeah. different than people who think the Earth is flat, and so on and so forth. Could you want to? Could you? Could you talk maybe a little bit on that? Because I do think that um, on my my perception of this as an outsider is also that not explicitly skepticism, but but new atheism has a lot more traction in Britain as well than it does in, for example, the United States. And so, in a way, I'm wondering, like, if if this is maybe I'm making a bad association here, but it seems to me like there's a there's a little bit of common ground in terms of the people that are are kind of valorizing science to such a degree that they effectively uh, they want to to say that there's a clinical definition of everything and anything outside of it is pseudoscience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I think that so there's a couple of um, reasons why I think that link persists, um, and. One is like just a very basic um, kind of personnel issue, right? Like um, exactly the same kind of people, um, a lot of the same specific people 
um, who were involved in the kind of UK Skeptics Network um, in the 2000s are now um, either terse or like prominent. A lot of them have moved um, into kind of cushy jobs in media um, and are able to promote essentially turf rhetoric, but like I said earlier, like couched in this kind of centrist um, like ideology and the, this kind of cloak of respectability almost, right? Like legitimate type concerns type shit. Um, so you've got people like, like Linehan's always been one of these kind of um, like skeptic dudes where he's like, they're really, really concerned about homeopathy, um, which I, I find just odd, right? Because basically um, it's an, an, any kind of alternative medicine, right? And like a lot of that stuff is is ridiculous and is, and is kind of um, used by charlatans to make money out of vulnerable people. But the, the feeling that I always get from um, kind of quote-unquote skeptics is that they're laughing at the people who use it, right? Rather than who actually kind of uh, perceive some kind of benefit from alternative therapies or from astrology, for example. And a lot of the time, those people are like um, women in particular um, and like people have made um, links with uh, astro- astrology with like um, people of colour and uh, kind of the queer community. Um, and I... I don't know how um, how strongly I think we need to uh, make that link, how much we need to kind of defend the idea that um, that is exactly what we, uh, that, that that posits, that that link exists and that posits um, those kind of alternative lifestyles as something that should be protected, for example. Um, but I do think that, a pretty clear intent and all you want to do is just kind of take the piss out of people um, for living in a certain way and be like these people are credulous rubes um, but you're you're positing yourself as um, superior um, on the basis of like a certain way of thinking um, and it lends itself really strongly to uh, this kind of like biological thinking again quote-unquote biological thinking um which is uh it's like a bastardization of science really because it's not it's not science in its truest sense where like you are kind of open-minded and you test things and you genuinely are interested and want to learn about the world um i think it's more like a sort of closed understanding of science where um it's just helpful to get to go here are some here are the, here's the way that I see the world, and here are some statistics um that here's a framework to back that up, and because it has this label, you can't argue with it conversation over right yeah we i was I was thinking we we encounter this a lot with people uh when we talk about socialism or anything on trash future about uh what we want to see a, a socialist government and a socialist state do, and they're like, well, it's economics one o one you can't it'll be Venezuela the end we encounter right, that same yeah. kind of closed thinking. And I, I was, when you were describing this, uh, this, into this impression of science, um, 
I couldn't help but think of the one of one of the the, the tenets that Umberto Eco put in his essay about urfascism, the idea that knowledge is a closed and finite thing, and that all knowledge right, can yeah. be no, like it can be studied or it can be retrieved from antiquity, but there is a limit to knowledge, and it's already been decided, and nothing else can be added to it. To me, that seems like it breeds a kind of. Uh, if not overt totalitarianism, then like a totalitarian kind of thought, the idea that like there's there's adherence to to this line is what designates something as either correct or incorrect. And mm. you do see this idea that, well, uh, my passport only gives an option for male or female, thereby there's no such thing as trans people like that. Yeah. That's kind of a Riley joke. But you know what I'm getting at with this sort of logic <laughs> Not 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 to diss my co-host too much, but you know what I mean. <laughs> this idea that yeah, yeah. we that this is this seems to be the cheap shot line that gets delivered so often when when turfs engage with people online. I was told when I boosted your article, uh, someone very angrily tweeted at me and um, used asterisks to hide the letters in the word turf because apparently it's a swear word. But told, oh, yeah, told, told me that uh, Europeans are less excitable than Americans, and that's why uh, Europeans are more skeptical of of trans identity, which. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah okay. okay uh just gonna just gonna leave that one out there but um it, it's that's one of these really things because that's that's such a like claim to personality right like i tried to make a kind of um i i feel like i pretty clumsily actually um and this is one of the things i regret about the article but i tried to make a kind of political um analysis point about um i uh, Disclaimer, I'm not saying that liberalism is good. Obviously not. God, no. Um, wash your mouth out. Um, but some people did suggest that that was what I was getting at because I, 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 made, I tried to make a point about how there is very obviously, like this is, is a fairly uncontroversial fact, an ideology um, that uh, in America um, of like this kind of rugged individualism mm-hmm. um, and... Perhaps there's something inherent in the U.S. tradition of liberal individuals safeguarded against the kind of transphobic radicalization that has infected sectors of British society. And then I go on to like obviously admit uh, that the Trump administration um, has attempted um, and certainly been very concerned with um, going on this kind of program of stripping people of rights. I'm not like I, I'm kind of sad that anybody would read that sentence and be like, I think liberalism is great. Uh, but clearly different ideological climates make certain politics manifest differently, right? Um, and there is a lot of absolutely horrible shit in the US. Um, I think it's almost a fluke um, that there's this certain aspect of, of liberalism that stopped um, a very specific mode of hatred from incubating. That doesn't mean that it doesn't exist or that other means to that specifically hateful end. Uh, but I would definitely say that centrist liberals way. in the United States aren't really banging the drum about why we should persecute trans people. That's it seems to be right. solely the domain of the of both the religious right and the non-religious but still extremist right. Um, yeah. And, and where it enters the dialogue is also in the language of not just trans misogyny or transphobia, but also homophobia. Also, basically, the the complete denial of any queer exactly, people's right to right. exist. Yeah. Whereas, whereas TERFs um, over here, uh, a lot of the time, um, identify as political lesbians or or their 
their basis for um, wanting to take rights away from trans people is because uh, is is based in this idea that um, trans people getting to choose to exist um, and especially have relationships um, in like a just a way without um like a kind of unpoliced way yeah. um is somehow infringing on the rights of lesbians because they think that trans people are going around and um demanding that uh they think that trans women in particular are going around and demanding that lesbians sleep with them which is like nobody has um nobody has kind of thrown out the entire consent right like, that's not what we're doing um i think it's perfectly legitimate to say uh it's good to um for all of us uh to examine our sexual preferences um and our prefer our like social preferences more broadly to think about who uh we associate with and who we want to associate with and what prejudices like are inherent in those things and i and and I don't think that anybody really is saying anything um, like from the kind of leftist perspective. I don't think anybody's really saying anything more strongly than that. Um, but the turf rhetoric from the other side is you hate lesbians. You um, it's genuinely extremely like vile and hateful. You want to rape us. Uh, you um, this is when they start going on about penises. Like I yeah. don't want to sleep with anybody with a penis. And it's just like well, you're not obligated geez, to. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I've got great news for you. You're fine. <laughs> Chill out, Vera. But it does seem it does Vera. seem to They're mean like, that there's this extent to which people want to invent hypothetical situations so they can get really angry about them. And like yeah, the angrier yeah. they get, and the more sort of like recursive online anger you see take place, the more distance it achieves between anything that can be lived in real life and what it is they're angry about like yeah, and yeah. that that to me is like is the wildest thing because i guess it's just it because of the nominally liberal or nominally centrist positions of some of these people in basically everything else it just seems so yeah. shocking. It's sort of like an uncanny valley in a way. Like, wait a minute. Right. What this? I, I expect this from Rod Little as either a troll or out of sincere, hate, you know, hateful, prejudicial beliefs. I expect this mm. from, I don't know, someone like Newt Gingrich or uh, yeah. someone like, you know, either someone who's just a, a, like doing it because it's a, it's a line to get votes or doing it because they actually believe it in the United States. But I don't expect it from, I don't know, someone who might write for The Guardian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like, or like a, like a mom that you know. Um, like, uh, I'll have to think fairly seriously about whether I want this to actually go into the um, audio because this is like a really upsetting thing. Um, I think it's very unlikely that she'll actually hear it. But um, so I had a teacher in uh, college. Um, so our version of college is like sixth form. It's your maybe it's like the second. It's like the the second or the, the the third and fourth year of high school in America. I think it's like uh, we right. gr we graduate okay. when we're eighteen, but we're in the same typically in the same school from age say fourteen or fifteen through eighteen. Right. Yeah. So this is like um, I think it's like sixteen to eighteen. Yeah. Um, which is which is like a super kind of um, in a way it's like a very vulnerable time and it's a time when you're open to like a lot of influence and um, so my um, Sort of closer college friends and I had a teacher who um, we just adored and we spent a lot of time with and um, 
she was she was like very nurturing in a kind of educational sense and she um she was just brilliant we loved her actually um her cat is my cat's mum um that's where i got audrey from oh no um yeah <laughs> you can see where this is going um <laughs> And and she's just been like totally radicalized um online uh by um by by TERF. And we've kind of made an effort like a couple of times to to sort of say to try and get through and just be like stuff firstly this isn't real. Like <laughs> these these For things starters, are made yeah. up. Um but also this just isn't how we you are and we don't really understand why you've taken it on um but then like i said when i was getting i've been getting acted by all of these like really horrible um turfs over the last week since my article and very often when i click on one of their profiles she's the only person that i've got like as a mutual who's following them which just makes me want to lie down and cry right um and it, I feel like it, it seems sorry, like well, it just seems like Twitter and social media in such a way oh, does this to people because it sort of provides them with like a curated environment that's almost uniformly negative. Like once it figures out yeah, what it is that yeah. makes them mad and makes them engaged, that's what it yeah. keeps feeding them. So I think that there's a um, there's if like to look at the to look at a little bit of this and the kind of skeptics. Um, crossover um i think that there's it's something that i kind of made reference to um in my article but i didn't get to talk about enough um i i think that there is a specific reason why a lot of this has shifted more into the culture war type stuff um and more into this really um intense like we're under attack type rhetoric um and i think that that kind of coalesces around the um, 2008 financial crisis, right? So if you look at before that point, you've got this fairly trivial stuff, right? You've got people being concerned about astrology, about, um, astrology going to the pub and taking the piss out. But literally was like a um, group called Skeptics in the Pub and they organized a in loads of different cities um, and they included people like Martin Robbins from the New Statesman um, Helen Lewis was a regular uh, Linehan I'm not sure whether he was ever there but he was kind of very adjacent um, Maria McLachlan who I also mentioned in my article who um, she actually tweets as Skepticat okay um, don't go on that account she's truly truly vile another one of the people I just all the whole timeline is just this shit um <clears throat> And Alan Hennis was also very involved in like the kind of UK skeptics movement, skeptics movement um, uh, when that was when that was a successful thing. And Tracy King, who um, I also mentioned in my article, who uh, credits herself with being like started the UK skeptics movement, admits that it's collapsed in the last decade. That this whole like network of people who met up to complain about. Um, creationism and homeopathy and this kind of stuff um, has just totally gone away. Um, and I think that like it, it hasn't gone away in a total sense. It's actually gone away um, because people have jobs where they can like 
have the same views, but they don't need to just talk about it in the pub. They get to talk about it in like national publications. But the other thing is, it's very difficult in a world where material content post financial uh, crash are so dead and so like intensely bad, and everything is getting worse. And climate change is like a pressing issue. Um, to come out. Uh, with this kind of with these kind of like trivialities all of the time, right? Homeopathy and and the other kind of things that they were obsessed they were obsessed about, and you, you will fairly quickly start to look like this is this just isn't really like that big a concern, and it's very weird that you care so much about it. So at that point, you have to start to shift those base beliefs, right? This kind. of um, reactionary scientific thinking um, and biological essentialism into something where you've posited yourself as being under attack. You have to shift that into something where it is genuinely really important. And that, I think, is where people start to get so obsess- obsessive, start to get to this point where they think that they um, are fighting thing, they are under threat, that they are like fighting something that is truly really important and essential and that also that they'll be looked back um from like looked back upon from the future as uh kind of heroes of like free speech and uh saving lesbians and and women um yeah it definitely so- seems to be be uh, um i mean i guess i can't remember the name and maybe it was just an account random account but it it seems like it was someone who had currency in this circle where uh this mm-hmm. woman had made her display image like her uh, banner image on twitter a very strange yeah. and very unflattering cartoon version of herself with basically turf as a slur written in red text and it was right. just one of those things that was like maybe this is just a small example maybe this isn't anyone of significance but it seemed to me to be indicative of that mindset that once they had gotten the thing they were going to bang on about, like it yeah. just became central to their entire identity that like, yeah. you know, if they got kicked off Twitter, they would rebrand with like at Absolutely. turf as a slur or something like that, because that, that is the thing that they are now radicalized along those lines. And I don't know what it's going to take to de-radicalize them. And the thing that they are radicalized by the thing they're reacting to is simply the public acknowledgement that trans people exist and that in certain situations you, you should be granted the right to determine, you know, what they want to identify, how they want to identify. Yeah. And it's like, is that, if that's the thing that radicalizes um, you, like, it, it, that just seems so benign to everyone, but like this, this weird 3% of people in the United Kingdom who apparently get really angry at it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I was, so I was in a train the other day in the Northeast of England and there was, a, um, which is where I live. Um, and, uh, there was a guy like on the next seat over chatting to, I think maybe his granddad or my age he was like mid-20s um and with this really 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 horrible like anti-trans rhetoric um he was he was just a kind of it was like probably fairly poor he was wearing a tracksuit like maybe a bit sunreader going on about um how transvestites were infiltrating women's prisons and like really going for it and i was just sitting there thinking like this is making me really sad because I know where you've got that from. Like you've got it from the fact that there's a mainstream media 
who are so ready and willing to feed you all of these like hateful lines and it just made me so sad but it's it's also like it's it's strange bedfellows, bedfellows right these are these are weird people um for a kind of uh commentaria kind of group to be hooking up with um and obviously like i was sad for this guy because clearly like he has mm. had kind of um opportunities to uh uh, too patronizing but like he didn't seem like he'd had a kind of the kind of education that would make him realize that this is just like straight up being fed to him by the sun um i mean i uh, remember a similar situation in the u.s my wife and i were driving back from a wedding and we were in like virginia or delaware or someplace and stopped at a rest stop on like an old like a country highway like it wasn't really like a like a motorway it was very small so it was like, a, like it was like the only shop and gas station for miles and they had uh, um, a bathroom, but it was basically, if I remember correctly, the bathroom was like either there was a there might have been either one bathroom or there was a women's room and a men's room. And I, I, I just remember there was a family waiting in line. Um, I remember what it was. There was there was a men's room, but the women's room line was so long that the some of the women from this family had you know gone and used the men's room. Um, yeah, and uh, you know I wasn't bothered by this at all i was whatever it's a highway you know gas stop something like that um anyway so these women came out and they i was like i was waiting in line and the 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 guy in front of me was like oh yeah my wife is is in there and i was like yeah no worries and then she come came out with like what what looked like another female relative and she's like oh yeah don't worry we had a sex change before we went in there and i was just like Uh, why would you say that to me but then this was 2016 and so i'm just sort of like but that's the kind of that's the kind of language that you're you're hearing somewhere whether it's, yeah. you know, and who knows where you're getting it, whether you're getting it in church or whether you're getting it online or you're getting it on your phone, yeah. but you're getting it from somewhere. And so there's this, I don't know if you saw, but this morning there was this story about um, like a right wing uh, Australian politician, this old dude who um, has said in their parliament that he's um, identifies as a woman now so that the left can stop telling him to shut up about abortion. And. Uh, so I've now got to like outing me with that article, and it's like, can you not uh, being played? Can you can you not see that this is not this is not somebody who like they obviously they think that it's kind of exposing the hypocrisy of um, like well they call it transgenderism, um, which is like a kind of uh, a term that they use um, to suggest that it's some kind of radical like again like almost like a religion um but yeah like obviously this dude is firstly extremely cynical but also not a feminist like he's his specific point is that he wants to be able to discriminate via legislation against women like the basis of their reproductive rights he's the fact that he said something that is hateful and crosses with your specific like vector of hatred doesn't mean that you should be celebrating the fact that i mean because basically all he's like, saying he's is like haha owned like i got you good yeah. and it's like if that if, if that's like the cornerstone of your politics then just admit that your politics you exists just to annoy shit. people yeah 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 well, Edie, this has been great, and I, I know I've taken up a lot of your time, so I just wanted to say thank you so much and give you an opportunity. If there's anything you wanted to to plug, any other articles, anything else you've got working on that we can share with our audience, but um, 
I, I definitely think this will be informative to a lot of our American listeners because we retweet a lot of British content and a lot of them, I'm sure, are confused. Like, what what is going on over there? Yeah, um, it's bad, isn't it? I'm just really sorry about it. No, no, it's uh, okay. <laughs> I, should, uh, well, the obvious thing to plug, I, haven't, I don't think I've got any um, articles or anything else. I don't write all that much um, coming up soon. But um, I do make your T-shirts. Um, that is for, very true. Your podcast. Um, I also have a website where I sell uh, socialist baby clothes and also adult clothes. We'll, de- we'll, def- we'll definitely link to that in the mentions on this. And um, yeah, we we people keep buying the Trash Future shirts, which we appreciate. Yeah, but my website is um, lilcomwed.com and uh, I ship worldwide. And I would really love if people buy stuff for themselves or stuff for Christmas. Uh, and yeah, order order Trash Future t-shirts and get custom text, get stupid shit written on them. I'll print it, whatever it is. That's how we got to do it. Well, thank you so much again, Edie, for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, the, look forward to hearing from you again. No worries. Thanks for, thanks for calling. 